In this installment of the Grind of Fine, Conscious Performance Coach Chris Plore joins me to discuss conscious connections, modern masculinity, and much, much more. So get yourself ready because this grind becomes so official right now. Greetings, beautiful people. Greetings and welcome to The Grind to Find. Terrell and Michelle here, certified spiritual mindset and wellness coach, helping high achievers find fluidity between their emotional, spiritual, and physical well-being while bridging the gap between who they are in service and who they were designated to be by our creator. You know, as you heard on the intro, <laughs> I have someone here in the studio with me today that's going to be talking all about connection to our consciousness and I love this conversation because so much of what we do has become on autopilot you know we, we get to go in through the routine and we're comfortable with the routine I actually I feel like COVID was a blessing because if COVID did nothing for many of us listening it made us understand how much of our life was a routine and how little we had required of ourselves, how we really had not been very, uh, we hadn't been malleable in our life. We hadn't been flexible. COVID made you have to come up with something on the fly <laughs> to make things work, pushed us outside of our comfort zone. Sometimes it takes a jolt to get us connected to things and, and to really be present. But Chris is all about creating a space of being present and conscious and things that can happen so smoothly that it actually feels unforced and, and, and normal, you know, unforced. Is that even a word? I don't know. <laughs> it's going to be one today. It's going to be one today. But anyway, I'm excited to share this conversation that I had with Chris with you uh, in the studio today. Before I get into that, I just wanted to say a little bit of something. I'm not going to take up too much time with this because I want to get right into the juice of things. Um, I got an email. Oftentimes I get either email or somebody may send me a message on Facebook or wherever I am on social media. I'm some of everywhere. I'll get emails or messages asking, you know, specifically trying to get an understand when I say spiritual mindset coach. What does that mean? Because there's a lot of folks who listen to content and they're like, hey, you know, I think I might want to know more. I think I might want to uh, work with you. What is it exactly that you do? To simplify it, and I'll have more of this in another episode. I'm not going to spend time with this here. But uh, to simplify it, in spiritual mindset, what I do is support people in being able to activate who they are spiritually and make that so that it's something that's practically applicable to everyday situations. So what I mean by that is any of us who have grown up with any uh, type of belief in that which is greater. Um, if you were uh, in, in religion, I used to go to church and all that with my grandmother and mom and all that when I was younger. And we were religious back then. I'm not religious now, but I was back then. So a lot of the times, a lot of the things that we learn they can actually seem kind of abstract. It's sometimes hard for us to connect 
what we know of when it comes to spirituality to who we are every day in our lives. And because it's abstract or it can feel abstract, like it doesn't fit with your everyday, then many of us tend to have a separation. There's who we are when we have a space that we go to to practice uh, our spirituality or for those of you who who are religious, you have that context over there. And then there's who you are aside from that in work, in relationships and dealing with your children. Some of those principles may come up as you see that they fit, but there's sometimes a divide and not a oneness with who we are in spirit. And so within my practice, that's what I do. I help for people to merge the two, to understand that there shouldn't be any separation. And when there is, that's simply because there is a root, a space in which the foundation of your mindset There are some principles and ways of being that have been set that were not all set by you. And what I mean by that is there's a lot of who we are and what we do that comes from childhood, that comes from other influences. And and we will grow up and shape our own way of being, our own mindset, our own way in which we process and believe around some foundational beliefs that really didn't come from us. They were just a part of us growing up and taking in the environment, uh, spiritual environment from our parents, grandparents, whoever around us. And so then you get to be an adult, you start to learn a little bit more. And so much of who you have been doesn't fit. You'll be, you'll, you'll have constructed this life and constructed all of these things around you. And when I say things, I'm not just talking about physical things. I'm talking about the way in which you have chosen to be at that point. It's built on a foundation of understanding that did not originate from you. It did not have anything to do with you. And so the disconnect comes from us not being able to, or have not, having not, excuse me, been able to up until this point, establish the spiritual foundation for who we are. And once you establish that, then construct your core beliefs, way of being, and how you process and things around that foundation that you created on your own. So as a spiritual, um, as a spiritual mindset coach, that is what I do. I help to make sense of all of that. All right. So that's just a that's just a, a quick answer <laughs> and overview for those of you who had those questions. And listen, I appreciate them. Anytime you have any questions, anything more that you want to do or, or I'm sorry, that you want to know, even if there are different episodes that you would like to have, uh, uh, conversations that you'd like me to have, by all means, let me know. Uh, send me an email, connect at thegrinddefined.com. Of course, you can check me out on Facebook. You can check me out on Instagram. You can check me out on uh, Clubhouse, wherever you want to leave a message for me. Feel free to do that and I'll be more than happy to engage with you. All right. All right. So enough of that. Now it's time to get into the tea <laughs> that Chris Florida and I had. Before I take you into that, here's a little bit more about Chris Plord. Chris Plord is a Los Angeles-based conscious performance coach, consultant, speaker, and mind-body instructor with over 20 years of experience. Chris has traveled both nationally and internationally speaking, educating on the physical, mental, and emotional aspects of wellness and life. He has also worked with and coached well-known companies such as Walt Disney, Equinox, YPO, the Young President's Organization Chapters, Tender Greens, Enterprise, Rent-A-Car, Xerox, Lululemon, Worldwide, Produce, Twitter, Explore.org, and so much more. Chris has mentored and consulted with celebrities, business executives, top fitness professionals, and military special ops personnel. By disrupting old patterns and identifying limiting beliefs, 
Chris guides his clients to achieving their goals and through the process of falling in love with the journey of becoming the greatest version of themselves. With all that Chris has done in service for others, I wanted to get a feel for what drives Chris and where that drive may take him in the near future. TGD Studios has something super hot going on today. I'm talking super hot because I am in the virtual studio with Chris Plord. Now, the thing about Chris Plord that I'm so excited that you're going to experience today is he is a conscious conscious performance coach. Let me not get tongue-tied on that. I'm going to say it again. Conscious performance coach. I loved when I heard about this because I said, hey, It's all about being able to find a way to manage what we have from within. And um, we're going to get down to that today. But Chris, thank you so much for taking time out of your busy schedule to join me in the studio today. How are you? How have you been? I'm great. Thank you. And thanks for having me. It was my pleasure. Absolutely. Well, you know, I I have to to jump right into this because um, I've had quite a bit of time to check into what you do which is which is pretty amazing there's so many different layers but one of the things that I read that really stuck out for me is I love this quote that you have stop running away from what you want and start running towards what you want in life and that is saying so much because uh, there's a lot of wisdom behind that and I'm sure a lot of experience behind that so your conscious performance coach now Please, oh, please share with me and the listeners what it was like to get to a space where you could own not running from, but actually taking the time to run to. What was that like? Yeah, well, it's it's what I get to do and work with with all my clients, you know, and, and really coming from a place of, let's say, right brain I, innovation, compassion, uh, creativity of what we get to manifest in our lives, what we get to really connect with, where our joy comes from, as opposed to what so many people do is they have this old programming and they're building their life based on fear. They're building it based on where they don't want to go, based on situations that may have happened to them, which caused a certain kind of trauma or a programming to occur, which they keep making decisions based upon that and not wanting to experience or feel that again. So what we get to do is we get to reframe, you know, disrupt the pattern, reframe it, and then go, okay, now, now let's form some new habits and let's get you up this next mountain and let's make this journey a great one. So it's, it's a fun experience to go through. It's challenging, but it's, it's a fun experience to have happen. And, you know, I, I, ha- I couldn't agree more because introspection is extremely challenging. Mm-hmm. It can be extremely scary. I liken it to deciding that one day you're just going to leave out of your house and just go buck naked walking down the middle of the expressway. <laughs> <laughs> That's what it feels like sometimes, for sure. <laughs> you know, and, and so to to come across someone like you who has taken something that is so personal and so private and so um, revealing about an individual and, and you've come up with a process and a way to make that um, where they get the tools to be able to navigate that fear, but it's also palatable. It can actually become, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, 
I've noticed this with my clients. If done correctly, it can actually become something that the client welcomes because they're more focused on the gifts on the other side of it. Now they understand that there is another side that's gratifying. Is that is that the truth for you too with your clients? Yeah, 100%. You know, they, they do. They get that glimpse or that situation that comes and then they take one step forward, then another step forward, and then another step forward. And then the universe goes, wait, 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 let me net your back, knock you down a little bit. And then you, they get right back up because that's what happens. And then we take another step and, an, and another gift comes in and, and then they get knocked out again. And then two more or three more gifts come in and they get hit again. You know, it's, it's the whole thing. It's, there's not a linear way up. But it's the it's the gratification of getting into action and then being able to see the results and then doing it again and doing it again. And that's what the momentum is. It just keeps going and going and going. And it's it's a beautiful thing to watch. Oh, yeah. The, the ebbs and flow of the, the, the yeah. process for sure. So uh, we, we got the opportunity. I had the pleasure of speaking with you in depth before. We were saying that you may as well just press record and we could have had this done the first time <laughs> over. But I, I love when you were describing to me your process and mindset. There were a couple of things that really stuck out to me. Uh, trusting oneself and the importance of that in conjunction with emotional intelligence. So mm -hmm. if you could um, talk a little bit about how to, and I'm trying to figure out the, the wording that I want to use, how to take and find a balance between the two, the trusting yourself through the process. Because uh, for many of us, the trust piece is so hard because we've judged ourselves and labeled ourselves as failures in so many different ways before. But then you have that side. Then you have the other side where you're exploring your emotional intelligence because it is a thing <laughs> to become yeah. intelligent in how you deal with process and practically apply your responses when it comes to emotion. So can, can you share a little bit about your process for that? How, how does, how do you navigate that with clients? Sure. Sure. I mean, you, with my clients, it's just helping them understand that all of these emotions, first of all, are okay. Like we get to love these emotions, you know, and unfortunately it's like identifying an ang anger, for example, right? And knowing that the anger, anger is a blanket for something underneath a sadness, a, a, uh, not being seen, a, 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 a depression, a, a frustration, whatever that is, we're, we're brought up to really not feel those things because it's seen as weakness. And when we can look at those things and come at it and say, okay, I'm going to give myself permission to feel sad and to look underneath that and to know that I'm going to own those emotions as opposed to be victimized by them, right? There's a big difference, right? If we're victimized by these emotions, you're saying things to yourself like I have to, as opposed to I get to, right? See the difference in the, in the language. Um, uh, going into different, different situations, we get to literally change that that vocabulary and if we look at you know trusting you know or um, judging ourselves right i believe that every situation and every person is here to teach us something right to show us where we're not free as my uh, uh coach peter crone says he goes life will present you with the situations and the people that will show you where you are not free, 
right? So when you are judging somebody, well, that's a trigger within yourself. That's a trigger that you get to look at and say, instead of going, shit, I wish that I didn't feel that and that person wasn't here. And if he was just gone or died, then I'd be happier. And that's not what happens. We get to now reframe it and go, oh, what are you trying to teach me? What are you trying to show me? Like, I'll give you a quick example. I had a client who is in a relationship, in a marriage, right? That there's just, there's a real butting of heads. So I get a chance to work with her mostly, but I get to work with him as well. And we got to bring this, this back to when he tries to control me or make the decisions for me, I get angry. And so the question is now, um, okay, when else did that happen in your life? And well, I don't know. If you did know, where did you go? And so, well, when I was four, my brothers did that all the time. And I go, so what did you do? I'd just get quiet and I'd go off and do something on my own. And so your whole life, you would get angry at these people that came into your life and tried to make the decision for you. Well, guess what? Now you have someone that you're married to and have a kid with who's doing the exact same thing. What's underneath that? Well, sadness. Why? Because I wasn't seen or I wasn't heard, right? Your husband is teaching you where you are not free. Can you see that he is here to show you that you get to reframe how you do this? You get to reprogram how you operate in the world. So instead of getting mad at people, you get to look at and say, oh, there's something here for me to learn. There's something here to me move through as opposed to me to fight. I get to dance as opposed to fight with these emotions. And I think there's a big difference between the two. And when, and again, it's work. It's not like all of a sudden there was a, there was a big relief during that session. Like, oh my God, I feel so much lighter, but it still takes time to go back into life and back into those situations and reprogram and re recreate these new habits within ourselves. Absolutely. I mean, what, what I hear you describing is um, taking folks back to the root and if we've ever seen the the roots on beautiful trees, how sometimes you, you'll go for that walk and you'll see all of them coming up through the ground. You have all of these yeah. different roots, but there's that, that primary root. And then there are a whole bunch of the little ones that span off from that. What you're doing is identifying a root, which is a starting point for that person. That's where the work begins. But think about how many of us, those of you listening, are going through life and have yet to identify not only the primary route, but much less any other routes that are spanning mm -hmm. from that. So it's like um, one of the things that I've noticed when working with clients is if you can find just one as a starting point, then at least you have a place to work from to unravel some, some other ones. So when we spoke before, the thing that stood out for me with you is um, your way of being and the way in which you navigate your work. It feels to me like you help people to craft that vision. Just in what you described just now, uh, people can't push a button that doesn't exist. And if it exists, there's a reason why it exists. And so I know that, of course, you're, you're gifted in what you do because you were born with it. I'm pretty sure it took you some time, as it did with, with many of us with gifts, to get there. But talk to the listeners a little bit about uh, the time before. Tell us about Chris before he knew who he was when it comes to being one who can support people in crafting their vision and what it was like when you had yet to uh, connect to that for yourself. Who was Chris like yeah. before now? 
I'll take you back to elementary school when I was a really sensitive kid who would cry at the drop of a hat that grew up out east, south of Boston, a town called Brockton, very blue-collar, athletic, man's-man type of town, Italian, you know, Catholic upbringing, this and that. I would cry very easily, super sensitive. I was born with that. I was born with a soul that just felt, right? Somebody got angry, I would, I would react to that. You know, I was very empathic at that age. I thought there was something wrong with me because I would cry so easily. There was something wrong with me. That's the, what the story I told myself. I need help. I need to go to a therapist to fix this problem that I have. That, as I did that, I built this masculine way of being, this athlete, this business person, this fighter, you get in my way, I'm going to get in your, um, many fights in high school and college and got my business degree and the programming was if you get a business degree, you get a great job with a good company, you get good benefits and you are going to be happy. No, because <laughs> I did that. I worked for Disney World, I worked for Enterprise, Xerox, um, all these great sales programs, I worked for medical device sales. And that wasn't it. It wasn't until I got, you know, about 16, 17 years ago where I really realized that I wasn't allowing myself to feel. You know, I had this moment where I just wanted to man up because that's what I thought I needed to do. And there were situations and circumstances that happened. You know, I had a sister who passed when I was young. Um, I was bullied a little bit. Uh, you know, there was there was a lot of things that, that happened that, that brought me to this place that I really have kind of reconciled with and said, you know what? Okay. These situations have happened and what are the gifts that I could extract from these, from these, right? So once I got into these companies and I realized that my, my cup wasn't full, I was tapped out. I moved on. What did I always go back to? Fitness, sports, working with people, coaching people, training people, presenting, doing all these beautiful things that, that really made a difference in people's lives. I helped. And when I could get rid of that belief and really embrace what was right there. And I think it's always right there for all of us. Like you said, you know, gifted and thank you for that. But I think we all have gifts. We all have these beautiful gifts that we were born with that we just have to unleash not not create unleash because life has given us certain four or five or six major events that were really hard that you probably wouldn't want to wish any on anybody else and some of them weren't hard some of them were beautiful fun experiences but those are the things that molded us and when I get to work with clients, I get to look at those things and say, what happened? What are the lessons that you pulled from there? And now what are the gifts that you that exist within you from those situations? As opposed to, I wish this never happened to me. Because if they didn't have, you know, the programming is if this didn't happen to me, I'd be so much better. If I was born here, if my parents had money, if, 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 shoulda, if I shoulda done this, if I made this to stop it. No, we are where we are. We're in this place right now. We cannot go back and change one thing that happened to us. What we can change is our relationship with it. And that's the beautiful thing you get to go in and dive into and, and work with and embrace. And that's what I think self-love stems from, is embracing 
all of those beautiful things and looking at the beauty of them and knowing that those emotions and those things have happened for us to make us the beautiful being we are today. Exactly. For us and not to us. Everything is for us. And and listen, I think that it's um, whenever we come across a situation that's challenging, none of us like challenges. I mean, we we would all like the easy street. But at the end of the day, greatness is built from the challenges and the failures. Those those pit just deep in the pit lows are where we're really able to discover what we're really made of and what we were really made to do that we learn how to show up for ourselves so that we can show up for other people. Cause I'm, because I'm a firm believer in the fact that just like with you, I, I agree. I think we all were born with gifts. We have to discover them, but at the end of the day, we are still meant to show up, not just for ourselves, but for others. Our life is supposed to mean something for someone else. I, I'm a firm believer in that. So I love that you said that. I want to know along your journey, because you've had, I'm pretty sure, a plethora of experience in these things. What would you say is one of the, and I hate to use this word, but for lack of better words, what probably was one of the biggest mistakes or maybe even a self-defeating choice that you made that looking back, you can say, that kept me stuck a whole lot longer than what I needed to be. Can you can you pinpoint? And the reason why I'm asking this question is because someone like you who has uh, allowed yourself to submit to what mm-hmm. your universe, God has for you to get to where you are today. We live in a day and age where people glorify what looks like the ending what looks like all of the the big shininess, all of the the, the beautiful things. That's what people see and that's what they're shown. But I think that it's so important when you have someone like you who's worked with so many different people and who have been able to um, find your footing and freedom within your gift Mm -hmm. for people to understand Chris Plourd, just like you, has had some things that tripped him up then. And believe it or not, people, we're professional coaches, but things trip us up now, too. <laughs> we're still human. You know, it's, we, we, we are not exempt because we have uh, a, a, an in-depth understanding and um, this is our profession. So this, this is why I asked this question so that people can see that there's so much more to you, the human being behind what you do in service for other people. So what's something that looking back on it, hindsight being 2020, a choice that you made that was probably self-defeating in the moment that kept you stuck a little bit longer than you probably would have been had you known better. Okay. So let's go back to 16 years ago. Um, my wife was pregnant with our first child. I have two now, a 15 and a 10 year old as of tomorrow or Saturday. So she's pregnant and my, I was working in the fitness industry, traveling around the world, doing great, you know, certifying instructors, feeling pretty good about my business. And then she gets pregnant. And as any new parent, you have these fears that come up, these these ideas of what it should or could be, and these old programming that is like, oh man, what what what's going on? Like, what do I need to to do? What what is the right thing to do? And so, old programming came up for me, saying, well, you need to get a corporate job. 
working, getting, a, making more money than you're already making because this isn't going to cut it. Like you're not getting the in benefits and you should be making more money. And this, 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 you know, the, the, the judge was re coming back. That old programming was coming back. And so I asked myself, like, all right, okay, I hear you. What's the highest paying sales job you can get? Right. And I said, well, medical device sales. And so I pursued a, a headhunter and recruiters. And eventually I asked, I, I got an offer and I said, what do you think, sweetie, to my wife? And she goes, you could do whatever you want to do, but, you know, make sure it's the right one for you. And so I went into the medical device profession and it was kind of cool. You know, I got to be in the OR working with doctors and training doctors with hemostats and bone grafts and so on. It's the worst scrubs to work. It was, it was fun until it wasn't right until that old thing came back when I got into these old jobs going, well, is this what your soul is supposed to do? You know, and I remember one of my good dear friends, she she was doing what she loved and she was a very sarcastic New Zealand girl and she would just make fun of me all the time in her her loving way. Like, what are you doing? Bone collecting and doing all this other shit. You're not meant to do that. And I was like, you know, and it, about a year came in and I go, I'm not full. This isn't, I'm not happy. I said, what is the lesson I want to teach my kids? What is the number one thing I want them to 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 live, to do, and it was to follow your heart, to follow your heart. And I wasn't doing that. And I said, okay. I talked to my wife again. What do you think? And she's like, if that's what you want, I support you hundred percent. And I made a clear and deliberate decision to get back into the coaching industry. And the universe said, wait a second, are you sure? Because then another job offer came my way and another job offer with a little more money just to test me to make sure that my my deliberate intention was was set. And I said, I'm sure. No, no. I see where I need to go. And so then the universe lined it up and they said, okay, let's give your wife a three-month job working on a movie, which she was in the post-production industry, which she... You know, back then she took another job as I transitioned out. Somehow I got the severance package. I don't know how it happened, but it happened. Um, I was able to spend time with my son. I was able to take him and do these things. And I got my work and my mojo and my clients and everything that I was supposed to, I was doing came right back and aligned up within like three to four months. And I was right where I needed to be. And, and it was such a great lesson because I thought to myself, I will never look back again. I am in the industry. I am where I need to be. I let fear and money be my number one decision on how to move as opposed to, don't get me wrong, money is important for, you know, we have a relationship with money. I think it's one of the five major areas of our life we need to look at, but it's not the number one. And when we make that number one, we start to lose a part of our soul a little bit of our heart and I did that I let money rule me I let that old programming of you need this in order to be happy rule me you're right I let fear take over and so I look back and that was a huge lesson for myself and I think for a lot of other people because I had to go through it you know and it wasn't you know traumatic or anything but it was a decision of of choice it was a decision of leading with heart leading with love of being the example for the people around me of of being in service for my clients and for all these people I got to work with. And it was a quite a ride and I'm absolutely not one iota of regret stepping out of there. Oh yes. I think so many people can relate to having a drive toward money and money being in like their top two. So 
money is important. We all know that. But when the driving force is something else, life is so much more gratifying and you bring much more money to you that way. Believe it or not. Yeah, that is a thing. But anyway, this is a perfect space to take a break. But when we come back, I want to go a little bit deeper with Chris. I want to know how Chris sees Chris today, but even deeper in comparison to who he used to be. Anyway, we'll get there. But don't you move a muscle. We'll be back. promised it and he said it's already mine and I sit back and don't get it it's my fault if it's a blessing out there for me I gotta get it Share of mistakes I never paid the price that I should have paid 
I think it's it's uh, it's wonderful to have a, a partner, a life partner, who supports mm-hmm. you being the best version of you, whatever that means. Because I'm pretty sure in mm-hmm. making that decision, uh, things around you within your life had to transition, you know, with you oh, yeah. and, and and that mm-hmm. decision. So those decisions are not always easy ones to make for that reason. Um, talking about fear, and I'm pretty sure you've had plenty of. Um, different instances where you could experience fear from lots of different perspectives with the different clients that you work with, what would you say are probably some of the most common things that you see that a lot of your clients may not see in the beginning that you can identify within the person and say, this person is just riddled with fear. Cause some people don't believe that, you know, they know if like a dog is chasing you, okay, I'm scared of that. Mm-hmm. If you stop at a light and somebody's trying to get in your car, yes, I'm, I, I'm afraid of that. But a lot of the times we're living in fear and we don't even realize that that word is what's holding us back from moving forward. So what, what could be some common things that you've seen that could let listeners know that, hey, you're probably letting fear rule you from moving forward. Yeah. I I love the metaphor of, I I look at it like this, fear is always going to be there, right? (laughs) But it's 
it's it's you know I used to when I used to teach in front of uh, I still do but I look, teach in front of people I used or I was about to go on this big adventure or do something that I knew was going to be pretty life changing I, I get these butterflies in my stomach right and I was like oh my god I remember thinking back I wish those weren't there because if they weren't there I'd be so much more clear and it, and that's actually not the case a little bit of fear is important to kind of, it allows me to be heightened. It allows me to kind of speak a little clearer, to be a little bit more sharp, to, to, to keep me on my edge, keep me on my toes. So that fear, you know, I'm going to speak in front of, you know, 50 CEOs. Yeah, I'm, I'm, there's fear there, but that's not what's ruling me. It's not just about looking good. It's about how can I serve? So the fear isn't in the driver's seat anymore. It's not even shotgun. And actually, it's not even in the back seat, right? The fear is kind of just hanging out in the back, maybe on a motorcycle chasing me behind. But it's not making the decisions on where I'm going to go in life. And I think that's what so many people come to, is they want to... to, to make these decisions based upon looking good and and pleasing as opposed to really doing something for the greater good. I think we're all tuned into in some way, shape or form to serve humanity or this world in some way. And so uh, when I get to, you know, to answer your question, an example is, you know, some people, you know, executives might come to me and say, well, I'm having these anxiety problems or I'm creating these habits or I'm just needing to lose weight and I don't know how. Right. And, And it's not about physically training. Right. It's about emotionally working with. It's looking at all areas of their lives and saying, okay, well, what are you doing on a regular basis? How are you speaking to yourself, right? If you're reaching for, um, you know, extra food to numb something, what is that, right? When we get to choose and look at you're in a position of, of power, you're in a position where you get to make a decision and it affects not only the hundreds, sometimes thousands of people underneath you, but it gets to impact the world, that's a beautiful thing, right? You get to look at the people around you and say, are they living in just keeping their job? I just had this with one of my CMOs. She was, um, she, she got, a, well, we had one session. She goes, oh my God, I just realized all of the people around me, including the CEO, are in fear of losing their jobs. And this is the decisions they're making every single day. And I go, and you did, but you don't have to anymore. You don't have to speak the speak and talk the talk. You get to come into this new position and create a legacy. You get to blaze a path. You get to leave something that's going to affect and impact so many people, right? So choose that emotion which you're going to lead with. Choose these situations that you get to create and not to be victimized by anymore, right? This is your voice that needs to be heard because when you look back, when you're on your deathbed, When you look back on your life, you're going to ask yourself this question, did I lead with love or did I lead with fear? And the question is love. The answer I want you to understand is going to be love. And that's why we're working together right now, because I want you to leave this impact and make sure that it's not just impacting your company, but the people that are around you, your loved ones, your community, and everyone that that really cares for you, because you're the example. I think that that is a, a really important point to make. Because um, I think that society is set up in such a way where because of um, 
the need for corporate America to have butts and seats and their goals and, and all of that type of thing accomplished. So many of us go into things trying to please others so much so that we get so far removed from who we are and what we were created to do and whether or not what we're doing in the pursuit of money and things is actually pleasing to us. And you and I, we touched on this a little bit when we talked about um, that identity piece, how you can have different things about yourself that um, that you've affixed your identity to your title, to your money. For some people who are uh, habitual students, how many degrees or certifications or things like that that they have. Um, We have a lot of that going on. And I think that's the reason why you see things like uh, this, this rash of these suicides by people who from Mm -hmm. outer appearances, they have what society has told us success is, you know, Mm -hmm. Um, they have all of the stuff. And yet, clearly, they're feeling isolated so much so that they do not even communicate with the closest people to them. And before you know it, we're seeing it on the news that they've taken their lives. And so I love that you that you talked about that because that's so very important for those uh, people listening. It's so important to have a moment where you do a a self-check. I I call it a a heart check because all of this stuff is a heart condition. We don't deal enough internally. We deal so much externally. So doing that heart check and really becoming clear about what your motivations are. I mean, there is what you've been doing and how we justify those things. Um, It could be to take care of family, money, things like that um, within Mm -hmm. our lives. But at the end of the day, the reason... And whether or not that's something that's really one with you and that makes you happy, that's going to determine how far you actually get at that thing. And I mean, get in a positive way. I mean, you can get as in accumulating things, but things are not going to do what you mentioned earlier, Chris, make you full. When you said, I'm not full, I can't, you know, so I just, I love that you mentioned that. I wanted to circle back around because you mentioned something a little bit earlier uh, when you talked about your childhood and you talked about um, that the um, identification that you made with what it meant to be masculine, you know, the the things that that uh, I, I think and of course, I'm not a man, but <laughs> I think that many men are, are fed about what it means to be masculine. I want to talk about that because I think that um, my my listeners, we're, we're, we're split. I have a nice, nice amount of men and, and women, about 50-50. And so mm-hmm. I loved when we had this conversation because rarely have I been in instances where I'm able to get the male perspective on this. I want to talk about uh, modern masculinity, which was a term that you used when we spoke before. Mm-hmm. And making sense of who you are or who you were created to be as a man, as opposed to some of the, um, some of what society puts on you, the identification of what it means to be a man societally, Mm -hmm. you know, how would, and I think this is not only important for men listening, but also with women, because we've bought into what society says manhood is so much so that I think a lot of the times women are um, not equipped to support their men in a healthy way because they don't understand it. They don't understand it. And sometimes a lot of men don't understand it. Then when they come to a place to understand it, like we were discussing uh, previously, 
then now when you expose that part of yourself to a woman, it's foreign to her. And then sometimes I feel like men can feel challenged or judged because of that. So I just really want to touch on that because I really love how you explained modern masculinity. So would you just go ahead and, and talk a little bit about that for the listeners? hundred um, percent. So I, I, right before you see you, I'm going to get into that. And this is, this is going to be a big one because I think it's so important you know, we talk about leadership in today's society and what we're seeing is not a healthy way of being, you know, the governments, the higher up corporate, it's not an authentic, real way of being anymore. And I think it's destined to fall and it's coming down, whether people like it or not. Um, you mentioned earlier about um, suicides and, and identity of, 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 things that were them titles so on and so forth and i think it comes down to having the courage to ask for help is having the courage to reach out and say hey i don't know what i don't know right there's something in here that is really hurting and confusing to me and it's reaching out to others you know and that was a topic of my class that i taught breathwork class that i taught today was having the courage to reach out now, I say that, preface that with this, because, you know, 14, 15 years ago, you know, I had some, a couple good, you know, clients and friends that I was like, there's, there's some growth that's happening here. There's something that they have that is really special. And we, they were talking about some men's teams and organization. I was like, what, can you tell me more about that? And they would talk about their growth and some of the gifts they got from this. And so I, I got curious and I was like, I'm, what do you think this gives you? Well, I'm a better father. I can relate to women and more. I can really understand myself a little bit better. And so I, they asked me if I wanted to come to a team meeting. And I was like, sure, I'd love to. <clears throat> and so I went to my first team meeting. You know, it was uh, all sorts of men from all walks of life, construction workers, doctors, CEOs, um, y- you name it, right? Just it was all all there. And so I sat in the circle and I just was very quiet the first few times and I just listened to men and, and at my idea of it at the beginning was like, oh, they got so many problems. Why do I want to be around this? Right? They have problems. Like they just keep bitching about their problems. And what I soon, soon realized, it wasn't problems. These were challenges, real life challenges that they were going through every single day that they had a safe circle, a safe place to let out what they were feeling, right? Not in owning those feelings, not being victimized by them. We talked about that earlier, but they were able to let out and be in a safe circle of men to talk and, and get and relate to. And so what that provided for me after being in men's organizations for going on 14 years now, right? This was about leadership development. This was about having a place where, you know, living in LA at the time when I was able to go to a circle and express what I was going through, right? What I was feeling, what, uh, you know, connecting to my emotions, connecting to what was going on. That was a safe place for me. It was one of the only places I could feel safe because not only could I express this, but I could get truth and feedback in a loving way back to me. 
to let me know that, hey, I'm not showing up in my best self or I am showing up on my best self and high five on that great win you just had. I was like, wow, I'm celebrating a win for the first time in my life because usually I'd get to a goal and I'd go, what's next, right? So it allowed me to slow down and be that that man and understand that there is certain things that are different about men or masculine and feminine, not necessarily just men and women, but people that hold the masculine and feminine traits, how to work with relationships, how to hold space, right? How to be a mentor, how to be a leader, how to, we developed an entire leadership pro, um, uh, development program, right? We, I was the chief executive for the past few years of uh, two years of this organization. And I got to work with other men's organizations around the world. Um, we got weekends, initiation weekends that we've been a part of and created. And it, it's just a place where if you think about like history, men have had tribes and places to go for so many years, right? Thousands of years ago, this happened. And then gradually that all just kind of went away and we are left to do it on our own and bury those feelings and emotions. We don't know exactly what happened thousands of years ago, but we know that that was a thing. Those were tribes. Those were groups and gatherings of men and, and even women had their own tr tribes. And so what I think we're getting to today is a place of, like I said at the beginning, asking for help, understanding that we all have these things in us. And if we're left to our own device of trying to figure it out on our own, we're going to end up suffering, suffering like a lot of people are doing these days. So it's about stepping into our own power. It's about stepping into our emotions that are so the scariest things we can confront. They really truly are. But once we do, and we can realize that in the middle of that is freedom. In the middle of that is joy. In the middle of that is our true, authentic, real self. But we just have to like open up our hearts, step into that car, step in with courage, leading with courage and seeing what exists for us. So we can just unleash all those gifts that are there. And I think that's the, that's the key. And modern masculinity, just to sum it up, is exactly that. It's authenticity. It's owning our emotions. It's being something that not what the world told us we need to be. It's being something that we are already. We just have to follow that truth and follow our hearts and move forward down that path. And definitely not being afraid of it. I think that's it. I think that, that um, um, for some of the men that I've spoken to, I had one gentleman who, who talked about how once he became aware of what his truth was, manhood was for him, he said how uncomfortable it was because of growing up around uncles and other people who were just force feeding that this is what manhood is. And so once he came to yeah. identify it, there was now this this discomfort and this uncertainty and him questioning what was natural for him, because from what he had been told, that's not what manhood was. And, I, you know, I thought about that. I said, wow. So what was um, how did you get beyond that? What was the catalyst that like pushed you beyond it? He said, well, because this was real for me, I had to accept that most of what they were telling me they were lying about. <laughs> <laughs> oh the lies yeah well, well they no it was but it was their truth at the time do you know what i mean it's it's life is about perception 
right? You're pers- you have a strong belief and this is the way it's going to be because, you know, Uncle Jack, who you looked up to and loved, who was your idol and mentor, said that this is the way it's going to be and he was a successful man or whatever. I'm going to follow that patterning that's in me, right? That's Uncle Jack's projection. That's his truth, but that's your truth in the moment. And that's okay, right? And it's not about without fear. The fear is there. You know, it's not, you're going to be afraid, right? We're always going to be afraid. All of these amazing leaders have always had fear. Not one of them didn't move through some battle or build some empire or do something in their lives without fear. It's just that courage was the, the predecessor, was, was bigger than that. That's what got them to move and get into action around it. It's, it's looking at him and still loving Uncle Jack and loving your father and your mother and saying they did the best job with the tools that they had and accepting that and saying thank you because I love the man or the woman that I am today because of all of the direct or indirect gifts that you gave me and accepting them for who they are and then going, okay, what's that mountain I'm meant to climb right now? What's this new programming that I get to uh, move with, right? And, it, and it's 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 burning new neural. If we don't look at the science of it, it's literally burning new neural pathways in your brain. Is what we're doing. We're getting rid of those old ones. Those other ones are going to be stagnant, and it's a reprogramming of where we want to go. And I think it's if you always do what you always done, you're always going to get what you always got, right? So. Ask yourself that question. Is this what I want? Am I truly happy? Is my cup truly filled right now? You might be successful. You might have a couple, you know, seven digits in the bank or maybe more. And that's that's great if that's the case. But are you happy? Are you fulfilled? Are you living your truth? And if that is, if, if something went away, one of these material external things went away, who would you be without those things? Look in the mirror, look in the eyes of yourself and ask yourself that question. I think you're going to you're going to be surprised. You're going to see something really bright shine through. Absolutely. I could agree more when it comes to that. I have to ask this. What is something that Chris Plore knows today that he didn't know 10 years ago? 10 years ago. 10 since my daughter is turning 10 this weekend, how to father a daughter. And, and it's very simply, this is what I was given, you know, back, back way back when. Be the riverbanks to her river. Don't be the dam. Let her flow. Let her do her thing, but just guide her gently. I love that. I love that. What's something that Chris Plort knows today that he didn't know 10 years ago about Chris Plort? Oh, about me? Oh, oh. I think it's truly that oh this is that life is happening exactly the way it should for you in the right time in the right place it's not about someone else's story it's like it's unfolding just perfectly for you right and i and 10 years ago i didn't there was still some questions about that you know i was like well should you know but but it's like, I should be there, shouldn't I have? And it's like, no, it's 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 all happening. There's still some lessons you need to learn. So just be patient. Slow down. 
You know, I was moving too fast 10 years ago, way too fast 10 years ago. And when I slowed down, things started speeding up in a beautiful way. Oh, yeah. I, I couldn't agree more with that. You mm-hmm. know, we, we, we have our own sense of time and then there's divine timing. What's meant to happen is going to happen, but at the right time, at the right That's time. Right. So That's right. Divine timing. Yes. Thank very you. Well thank put. you. I also want to know... Um, What's something that you've accomplished today that you never imagined that you would have? Hmm. You know, just coming off of being the chief executive of this men's organization, I never thought in my life I'd be like, oh, I'm going to run this, you know, volunteer organization of men that are that are heading the way for what leadership, true leadership is, what modern masculinity is. And to be elected to a position like that and to have the responsibility of 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 not only these men, you know, and, and other organizations around the country, um, but their families as well. You know, how I showed up as a leader was a, was an example of of how they were going to be, you know, so we got an opportunity to create, you know, with my team, this this incredible environment, this incredible energy that just just set the tone for how other men show up for their families, for their businesses, for their careers. And um, it was a privilege and honor to, to do that. And I gained and learned so much from, from that experience that I get to now take with me, not only to my clients, but to the organizations and companies that I work with. I think that's amazing because it's all about community. Anytime you can do something where you are an integral part of making a community um, powerful, Mm -hmm. You know, I, that's something amazing. And you're right. It, it does stay with you forever. So that sounds pretty awesome. Why aren't you still doing it? I am, I have a, I, re, I stepped down. Another person got um, elected. So the, another opportunity. But I have another men's team that I'm on now. And so not only are we doing that, which is great, because the, these men have been in the work for you know, 10 years or so, just as long as I have. So we formulated another team. But we're also starting to work on um, more weekends that we're creating as well. So this is something within the next year. So initiation weekends for men that are kind of curious about what this is. We're we're formulating, you know, you come to us for four days and really go through an initiation. You know, I think that's what men were missing. You know, we never had a, you know, growing up over the past few generations, we never had a formal initiation of what it is to be a man. So what this, what these weekends can provide for men is to really take off the armor, take away the masks and get real, right? Pull out the arrows and, and really get a chance to be around other men that, that are going through it just like you just like all of us. So these weekends have been life-changing for me. And now we get to take what all the tools that we've learned, not just from the men's work, but from all areas, you know, whether it be breath work or, you know, ice or, you know, all these modalities, different things that we get to implement and, um, and bring that to these men and have them walk away on that, you know, Sunday and go, wow, my life is completely transformed. So, so, that's coming. Yeah, I love it. <laughs> it, it's it sounds it sounds really electric. What is something that you have yet to do that you want to do? Your grand idea for serving in a way that you've never served before. Mm. Uh, 
you know, I uh, globally, I think it comes down to globally. I'm starting to get there. You know, I think the first year of the pandemic was 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 actually really, really it was nice for me because I was out and about all day, you know, up at four, doing things, all seeing three, four hundred people a week, literally in front of three hundred four, three to four hundred people a week. To that first year was like, oh, this is pretty nice. I get to slow down and learn zoom and and then the second year was like uh this is getting a little challenging and now it's like i'm starting to come back out and realize like i really want to do this on a global level you know like being able to go i'm starting to do it locally you know i just got back from cabo a couple months ago with um you know 50 ceos i did a retreat in tamac wine country last weekend um you know just sections of them but that the the being in person and really connecting and looking at someone in the eye and, and and working that group energy and not working it but being a part of it is really 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 special and so i want to take this work that we have done here and move it into a global level so that we get to work with organizations again around the world which we, again it's you see it it's like that tipping point starting to happen and and really make a huge impact on on people that need it the people that, that that don't know they need it but but really crave it and and be able to speak their language to them not this out there woo woo but hey i get you i was where you were and now let us rise up together how can we do this so i think this on a global level maybe universal i don't know i we're yet to see but <laughs> <laughs> that part, true indeed. Well, you you know what just happened, right? You just uh, you just put that manifestation energy in the air. That's what you did, and you drew it out of me. Come on, <laughs> it's, it's my it's job. There. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> it's my job. So that way, when it happens, then you'll have this episode that you can play. Say, so I yeah. said that two years what was ago. The what, was what was the next level? Like, well, I was on this podcast with Tara Lynn, and she just grind to find just took it to a new level she did it <laughs> that's what it's all about that's what we yeah. are here to yeah. do chris Floyd. it has been an absolute honor to have you here today but wait 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 there's more people there's more you <laughs> have to know how to connect with chris Floyd and uh the, the breath work classes i haven't had the opportunity to experience them yet but there are rave reviews you have to tell people how they can connect with you Thank you. Uh, yeah, you can just go to my website, chrisplord.com, and there's a free breathwork class you can grab off of there if you want. I have virtual classes you can take. I run these in retreats with all sorts of other topics. Um, you know, I got different programmings or different workshops I'm putting online, and like I said, the retreats or the men's work. Um, and then my Instagram is um, Coach Chris Plord, and those two things are where most of the information comes through on a daily basis. So thank you oh no my pleasure and, and for those of you listening if you're driving or anyplace else and you missed that just check the description box on this episode i will make sure that chris's information is right there for you i hope to see you again soon Me friend. Too. this was fun I, I was really looking forward to this podcast with you after we've Good. talked and uh you don't disappoint so <laughs> <laughs> you don't either so thanks for being you and uh i i loved speaking with you today me too chris i was looking forward to this as well and it was such a pleasure to have you here and uh thanks again for stopping by 
that is it for content today. I hope you guys enjoyed that conversation as much as I did with Chris. Um, make sure that you get the opportunity to drop into his breathwork classes. Hopefully, I'll catch you in one. <laughs> Who knows? We will see. If you haven't already, you know what to do. Log on to thegrindtofind.com. Click on feed so that you can follow me. But if you like a little bit of extra something in your tea, you're definitely going to want to join the list. And you can do that by clicking join the list on thegrindtofind.com. Don't forget, PodFest is coming up May 26th through the 29th in Orlando, Florida. You can go to podfestexpo.com to check out more details and to save money on your tickets use my code grind2022 that's g-r-i-n-d 2022 i've been invited to speak there so i hope that i will see you there but in the meantime and between time always define your grind and never let the grind define you Terrell and michelle here until next time peace and abundant blessings